0: Get ready, Avalanche Territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast, presented by TNT Home Services. We got your six. Give them a call at 720-500-1979 and at TNT com for all your electrical plumbing. Uh, A.C. and furnace needs. My guest this week is the one and only Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider. And you can check out all his great coverage as we get set for the playoffs at ColoradoHockeyNow.com. Adrian, always enjoy chopping it up with you. Uh, I want to start with the most recent trip to Vegas. The Avalanche have now, in the span of about 10 days, gone into Vegas and won two Uh, relatively low-scoring games. I'm curious, and I threw this question out. I'll have you answer it. Have the Avalanche cleared their Vegas hurdle? I
1: don't think we can say that just yet, Mike. Um, I think that those games were, you know, regular season games, and it's nice to win them. Didn't win them decisively. Every game was close and tough. I mean, really, I think the Avs got outplayed for some, a good portion of that last game in Vegas. But, uh, no, I just don't think you can say that to to either outdistance them in the playoffs or just flat-out beat them in the playoffs. Um, it could happen in the first round, by the way, this year. They could play Vegas in the first round based on the current standings. Possible. Probably not likely, but it could happen. So. To answer your question, though, again, no, I don't think we can say that just yet because, you know, Vegas, don't forget. I mean, they've got, a, you know, they may be down a little bit now, but, you know, they're, they're basically cheating on the salary cap again, like Tampa Bay did. They're going to come back with uh, the captain, uh, Mark Stone, in the playoffs. Don't don't be fooled by anyone with this, you know, oh, he's hurt. He could be out the rest of the year. Now, he'll be back in the playoffs. This is cap circumvention 101, and it's legal um and uh Vegas is still going to be really tough. They've got two, three really good lines and a big defense. They're still bigger than the avs I think. And uh uh so no, I don't think we can say anything about the avs just yet. They they've, they've got to clear their own hurdles uh mentally, physically, everything else uh, getting to at least conference finals or else everybody's going to say the same thing about the avs again.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of talk about how Vegas uh, was able to work Jack Eichel in and and put Mark Stone on, um, what do they call it, long long... – LTIR. LTIR, yeah, long-term injured reserve. But Tampa did it last year. How do do you work around it? Why is it all of a sudden come playoff time? Walk us through this. How is it come playoff time that Akucherov can return to Tampa or Mark Stone will be able to return to Vegas? And why wasn't because, this loophole closed after last year?
1: Because it, 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 it has to be done through collective bargaining. And the, the next CBA, I forget exactly when it's out, but that's the only time they can change it is CBA. They can't just, you know, make up a new rule. It has to be bargained with uh, through those tough negotiations that happen every few years. So so that's why. Um There's no salary cap in the playoffs. I I mean, it's ridiculous, but somehow the the NHL set up a system where, you know, you can put guys on the injured list long term who have big salaries and yet uh, they can come back in the playoffs when your team is over the cap anyway and it doesn't matter anymore. I think Tampa Bay had a $98 million payroll when Nikita Kucherov came back last year and the rest of the league was playing at 81.5 million. And it's all because of this loophole and nobody can stop it. So the A's could do the same thing. They could put Nathan McKinnon, make up some injury on him. Say he's, uh, he's out for the rest of the regular season. We hope he'll be back for the playoffs and then go out and get a Claude Giroux or whatever, and not even worry about the cap, not make any hockey trade to get him really. Um, you know, player off your own roster, that is. Uh, but, uh, you know, probably Joe Sackick and, and the Avs have more morals than that right now than Vegas and Tampa Bay. But, you know, real, the reality is, if you can get away with it in pro sports, they're, somebody's going to do it. So, maybe Mark Stone is going to miss time in the playoffs with a bad bag. I don't know. But uh sure seems awfully coincidental to me that he went on LTIR right when Jack Eichel's coming back isn't that a pretty big coincidence by the way vegas is also without a very good defenseman who would have put them over the cap right now uh um alex Martinez, yes
0: another one yes and, and uh, he could come back too he's not
1: able to play and he's, i hear he's mad about it but they you know they're keeping him out too but he'll be back for the playoffs too he's a real good defenseman
0: wow well i i i don't boy i i'm trying to sum it up what kind of emotion i feel about Teams yeah. doing this. I, I mean, it's is he cheating? Che- but is it? I, I mean, if well, it's, it's if it's if it's a loophole, it's if it's a loophole that hasn't been closed, right. then is it? Right. Is it really cheating? If if anybody right. anybody could take no, advantage of it, right? It's not.
1: It's violating the spirit of the rules. What sure. it is, but sure. if you're right, it's not technically cheating. But uh, we all know it is. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's hard. I mean, it's going to be a big, big, big story. When this when the playoffs start, and then they get Mark Stone and Martinez. Back. Wow, that and is huge. Just, you know, and the ads are just sitting there going, "Why did we play by the rules all year long? Right. And now they get these two ringers that come in. Why didn't we do this? Well, I then thought, don't. You know.
0: Then don't. I mean, you, you got you yeah. got three weeks until the trade deadline. Don't. I mean, if this is the yeah, way it's well, going to take, if this is what it's going to take to win, fight
1: fire with fire. I mean, I sort of agree with you. I mean, I don't like to feel like I'm cheating, but you know, if you're gonna, if you can get away. If, if other guys are gonna do it too, why not us?
0: Yep. Yep. All right. All right. So that that's something that Bears watching. While we're while we're talking about Vegas, how do you feel about their goaltending?
1: Yeah, uh, Robin Leonard is hurt. He's got a.
0: Is he is he hurt or is he hurt? Well, I heard
1: he's got a <laughs> torn rotator cuff. All right. So. I think that needs serious I don't think he, I mean I think he's gonna be able to play probably uh, but uh, right now they're going with their backup for quite a while now so um, but Robin Leonard is a good goalie um, is he you know uh, a champion no he's never done it but uh, he did help get them to the conference finals last year um, he's a good goalie he's big very big um, he's not as quick as some other goalies personally I don't think he's a Championship goalie, elite goalie that that I just say, oh wow! But on a very good team, you know, like like the Avs goalies, you don't need to be pitch perfect to win games. All
0: right, let's talk about our goal team situation. Uh, A few weeks ago, you were here on this podcast, and and you talked about how you were hearing rumblings that the Avalanche might be in the goaltending market for the trade deadline. I would assume that talk has quieted or, or or completely gone away with the the recent play of Darcy Kemper?
1: Yeah, I think it has. And I, I don't know what I said on the <laughs> like but I I, I've i never been really high on the abs actually thinking they're going to make a trade for goalies. I mean, just think about it. Joe Sackett gave up a good player prospect in Connor Timmons, uh, a first-round pick in this year's draft, uh, and I believe, what, a second- or third-round pick as, as well. Darcy Kemper, the guy in his last year of his deal, Yeah. do you really, if you're Joe Sackett, go out and give up more assets for another goalie, especially when Kemper's done the job numbers-wise, you know, for this team, they're 40-10-4. Um, how how much second-guessing would Joe Sackett set himself up for if he did that? Hey, so he gave up like six guys for basically one and a half, one or two goalies probably going to lose both at the end of the year too on um, to free agency so no just never really saw it happening, and I especially don't see it happening now
0: okay this this team is burdened by what happened in the playoffs last year and the last couple of years and yep. you said at the beginning of our chat here that hey until the playoffs come along do you think it's unfair and and and, and how should fans look at what Is happening here in this regular season should it be hey just bask in this enjoy this is it unfair that this avalanche team is carrying around the the burden of yeah well prove it come playoff time then i'll buy in
1: well life is unfair mike and pro sports especially unfair so you know um if if the Avalanche would cry that it was unfair, or fans would say it's unfair, yeah, too bad. You know, you're you're 40-10 uh, and four. You've been you've been knocked out of the playoffs in the second round three years in a row. Now the first year, Nashville not going to win that series either way. That's fine. Just to get to six games was a victory. Second year, San Jose, they lose a tough game, three to two in Game Seven. You know. McKinnon gets hurt. First period, Landeskog gets called for kind of a BS offside call. It cost them, cost them a tying goal. Um, I Remember, Colin Wilson scored it, and the goal goal was nullified because you know Landeskog was bar- you know barely getting back to the bench. They said he was still on the ice. Um, and uh, well, but then last year, two nothing lead against Vegas, top team in the regular season. You know, two nothing. You've won your home games. Vegas is. You know, smoked the first game, and just you got to win that series, and they didn't. So that's what's created all this pressure on them to not do that again. I mean, that's that's life. You know, now they're now they're even better than last year. Uh, they've beaten Vegas. They've beaten just about everybody. Smoked them all. And unfair, uh, unfair. You know, the pressure is on for this team to to at least go to the conference finals. The real pressure is to win a Stanley Cup. Now, if you go to the finals and you lose, now you can say to your fans, "All right, well, we took another step. We're getting real close. Now it's going to be next year. Who knows?" But uh, no, it's, uh, it's the way it is. This team is the favorite to win the cup, and if they don't win it, they're going to be judged harshly. That's just life.
0: But you know, I, I get that there is that element of, "Hey, you got to prove it come the postseason." But I, I look at this team, I look at the way they're playing, and I, I can't help but think okay, not only is this team really good, but they had to have learned some valuable lessons from the last couple of years. They they have to have a better understanding of the bullseye that's on their back, and it just makes sense that they're going to be better prepared for it this time around. So, yeah, there is still the element of you got to prove it, but but shouldn't we go into this already having a lot of faith in these guys?
1: Uh or no well, or no or maybe I, i'm you know, hearing i'm I, hearing no you gotta go prove it i'm not saying i think this is the best team in the league i think this is a great team i think but i know that come playoff time you know you you can tighten up you start squeezing those sticks look how many games they've fallen behind lately what if they go into the playoffs and they fall behind two nothing to some team in the first period and everybody goes Uh oh, oh you know you don't know how players are going to react mentally to that pressure you don't know how darcy kemper is going to react mentally to the pressure he's never been in a real high pressure playoff game um so unfortunately mike you know we can all speculate but we don't know until this is actually going to happen if the scene is the story is playing out you can have all the faith in you want but we all had a lot of faith in the Avs team that they were going to beat Vegas last year, right? I yeah. mean, I was like, yeah. okay, this series yeah. is over. Yep. You know? I remember sitting next to you, I yep. think, saying, this, yep. this, this is, is over. over. Yep. And they choked. I mean, choked is a strong word. But, you know, they lost four straight to Vegas, and they were healthy. Um. So, just uh, this that created a lot of problems. I mean, I, I know that the players and coaches and staff and everybody is still shocked that they lost that series. I think they've done a great job putting it behind them. They've done a – it looked like they've learned all the right lessons. Everything looks great, right? But, you know, how many times do we say that about the Atlanta Braves or something back in the day? Or, you know, a lot of teams in the NHL have had phenomenal regular seasons and everybody thought they'd sweep to the cup like San Jose for many years. Had great
0: teams. Always won. Didn't
1: win in the playoffs. Yeah so you just Toronto
0: you know lately yeah Yeah. Toronto
1: I mean um for several years Washington was that team too until they finally won St. Louis was that team um it's uh you know it's tough man and uh yeah there's so much pressure on these guys and they they'll say everything that they need to say um but we just won't know until until the Rubber
0: meets the road. All right, let's deal with uh, what's going on currently with this team. We're talking with Adrian Dater, our Avalanche insider here at The Fan, also covers the Avalanche uh, exceptionally well at ColoradoHockeyNow.com. Really recommend you pick up a subscription in time for the playoffs. Uh, Recently, we've seen Jared Bednar mix up the top lines, and Andre Burekowski's got lifted up to the top line, Gabe landeskog has gone down. What did you think of the move when it was made and how do you think it's worked out?
1: I think it's been a good move by Jared Bednar. I think the move was specifically done to get the confidence back in Andre Bierkovsky's game. And he goes into the night's game in Arizona with goals in three straight games. So uh, it, I think the confidence is back. And that was the one thing that it, it, this was done for. Uh, it's not that Bierakowski is going to be first line left winger, uh, uh, uh in the playoffs. I do not believe, uh, I believe they'll go back to landis, Gog, McKinnon, Rantman. Uh, but, uh, if they put Burakovsky back down on the second line again, now he's got a lot of confidence again, hopefully. Uh, now we don't know if they're going to add a Claude Giroux still, though, for the playoffs. And he could take his spot on the second line. This is all, all to be determined. Or maybe Nick Chishkin goes to the third line. We'll, a lot of stuff to be determined, but, uh, yeah, it was a good move. I think by, uh, Bednar because um, he was in a slump I think it was 17 straight games without a goal 16 and uh, now he's now he's hot again so he when he's feeling good about himself he he, he can score and uh, um, he wasn't doing that on the lower lines he got played with the top guys and he's scoring and that's that's the, that's a good coaching move right there
0: yeah I think so too because you, you think about the playoffs and how important secondary scoring is and and yep. what you get beyond that top line you yep. always know you have the luxury of being able to put these guys back together but to be yep. able to spread out the talent so that you can you can have guys feeling good come playoff time it is so, so i've seen you and i we've seen so many good teams that just get they get shut off on that top line in yep. the playoffs and they got nothing yep. left to turn to so yeah, you know this is this is one of the advantages of being forty ten and four, right? It allows yep. Jared Bednar the chance to kind of experiment a little bit,
1: right? And the division title and this conference title are over. I mean, they're 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 going to be the number one seed in the West. And I know I may be scaring people with my jinxing abilities on this, but no, I can't even jinx that. I mean, so you got a lot of time to experiment. You're right. Um, I'm sure that Jared Bednar would love to know what his trade deadline roster is going to be. <laughs> Um, So you can really experiment, but, you know, um, that's to be determined too. We got, uh, what, 18 days till the trade deadline. Well, what are you hearing? (laughs) Well, I'm hearing the same stuff I always hear, which is just a lot of noise, Um, you know. um, First thing everybody should always do in NHL trade rumors is just believe that it's probably almost certainly not going to happen. (laughs) It's just, uh, you know the way it is there's always a lot of talk um you know i haven't talked to to you know nobody's talked to sackett for a little while um i just i still think they're gonna make a, a pretty good size move and that could very well involve claude Giroux. but you know you hear some other names too like what if vancouver wants to get rid of the guy named guy named jt miller a very good forward maybe the Apps could jump in on him what if the avs want to go really off the board wild and crazy and get a, another top defenseman maybe you get a guy from arizona named jacob chikron who's a very good player uh, and just overwhelm teams with a top six defense that you can't even get the puck against what if bo byram doesn't come what if bo byram does come back he's skating again every day you know that changes the equation probably on the trade market so i'm hearing uh the same usual stuff. This could happen. That could happen. Uh, I think when you analyze it really hard, though, I think the biggest question Sackick needs to figure out is, do I need another top six forward? Is Burkovsky is his confidence enough to keep the way it is? Or do I need another stick out there who's who not only can score, but win face Drew would be that kind of guy. Um, then I think you has to know about status of Byram and whether he needs to make another deal for a D-man or not.
0: A name that I heard, a guy that we both respect, Kevin Paul Dupont, uh, was writing in his uh, hockey notes column in the in the Boston Globe about uh, Tomash Hurdle from San Jose. Yeah, no, I I think he's off the board.
1: I think uh, Hurdle came out with a statement yesterday, in fact, saying uh, I want to come back to San Jose, and people think he's going to go back there. One guy from Boston I've heard too. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, the uh, Bruins forward who wants to be traded. He's on a hot streak right yeah, now. Maybe, yep. but,
0: you know, I think he's a third-line guy. Yeah, he blows you know. too hot and cold for my taste. I mean, he's on a yeah, hot streak right exactly. now. I could see why the yep. Bruins would want to trade high right now, but uh, yep. buyer beware with him.
1: Right, exactly. So, um, but, you know, decent guy to add if you want more depth. But, yeah. And, you know, that's the other question of the team. Does this Is this team's third and fourth line good enough? We've talked a lot about this. I don't know if you ever know quite whether there they are or not, because those guys are always hot and cold. But, you know, there's a question, too. You know, Cal Clutterbuck's name has come up. Uh, I know Sackick was scouting the Islanders last week. And, uh, you know, a reporter friend I know who there said, he said that Sackick was looking at Clutterbuck. Now, he's 34 years old, you know, one of those guys who hits everybody. And, you know,
0: Good in the room
1: kind of guy, whatever. <laughs> good in the room. I love that.
0: This time I, of the year, know. good in the room is big. <laughs> good in the room means you
1: can't play on the ice, right? Right, right, right. but he's good in the room. <laughs>
0: good in the room, not on the ice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, uh, so what, all right, what about, okay, what about people that the Avalanche would have to move? Are there prospects that have been deemed untouchable? What about some of the young players that we've been watching this year. Um, Tyson Jones with a healthy healthy scratch the other day. Yep. Um, Newhook, O'Connor, uh, the, these younger players, uh, either on the team right now or in the minors, uh, who do you think the Avalanche and Joe Sackick would be willing to part with and those that are untouchable?
1: Well, first of all, Alex Newhook is untouchable. He's not going anywhere in some kind of rental deal for a Giroux or anybody, really. Uh, So, scratch him. Um, I think the question is, they have two defensive prospects that I think teams would really like and and make a deal for and give up that nice veteran guy. One is Drew Hellison, uh, prospect from uh, Boston College, who played in the Olympic team. Very good player, very good player, defenseman. And the other is Justin Barron, their first-round pick from – 2020, I believe, and uh, um, you know, playing with the Colorado Eagles and played a little bit with the Avs. Um, good player, good good prospect. So, I think it's going to be one of those two guys that gets moved for anybody significant. Um, other guys, you know, Newhook, untouchable, I mean, O'Connor, all those guys on the third and fourth line could be moved at any time. Uh, who isn't Newhook? Um, yeah, you know, the other untouchable in the organization is the first round pick from this past year, Oscar Olison, the right the forward. who has got like, you know, 22 goals in like 35 games in junior this year. So, um, so he, he is probably going to be given a very good chance of making the abs next year in what I would expect is probably a replacement for a guy like Burakovsky, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent and making $5 million a year right now.
0: Yeah, that probably leads to the last question. As as we look at uh, everything with the Avalanche, with Adrian Data from Colorado Hockey Now dot com, uh, Kemper, Kadri, Burekowski, uh, the possibility of of any deals getting done uh, with these guys yeah. before the season ends
1: doesn't seem all that likely. Uh, typically, the Avs, you know. You know. Do usually only extend guys who've got term already on their deal. It's very rarely happened that they extend guys who are in there last year. I don't know why that is, but um, history would say that it's going to be tough as time goes on. I, you know, I, um, not to say I told you so or anything or toot my own horn. But oh, please go <laughs> ahead. I guess I'll do right, which <laughs> I guess I'll do right now. Yes, please uh, do. I thought they should extend. Kadri early on this year. I thought this guy's going to have a really good year and he's got two or three really good years left. And I thought, why not try to extend him early? Um, well, it's probably too late now. Yeah. Because now he's looking at $7, $8 million a year on the open market probably next year. And I don't think the ads are going to be able to afford that. So you're looking at loss of Nazim Kadri probably after this year, unless he wants to take a hometown discount, which is. Doesn't strike me as a guy who would probably take too much of a hometown discount. He's sort of been underpaid a little bit the last few years. He's going to want to really hit it big. I think this time around, he can go wherever he wants. I'm sure he loves the hours and appreciates what they've done, but uh, he's going to say, you know, his agent's going to say, Hey, we're in the catbird seat here. We're not, you know, we're not taking it. Anything less than what market value is. Yeah, if, some, be, if some team be is team decide him to $7 7-8 million a year. Exactly. Year. If, I would say 3 years 24 million. He could get that on the open market next year.
0: Oh, I, I think he could get four years, thirty-two, and and you know could if that be. if something like that were to happen, you just say, hey, thank you very much. We'll see yeah. you later. We've got more prospects uh, coming up that we're ready to give more time to. But to your point, if you could have approached him earlier in the season and said, hey, what do you say, three years, yeah, uh, eighteen million? Let let's get it done. Yeah. right. You know, then, then that
1: could have happened. Yeah,
0: I don't know for sure. I'm not. I
1: can't say like, oh, they would have done it because I have not talked to they. Nobody's so told that to me, but. Could have happened, right? I right. would have done it if I was Cadre. You know, I mean, I'm making—I'd make a two million dollar raise and you know get to stay on a good team. Yep. Hey, you know, I haven't proven anything yet this year. Sure, I'll take it. Yeah,
0: you
1: know yeah, that? Yep. So, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, That's a, twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> yeah, although you were saying it early, so I want to give you uh, credit for that. Last thing, last thing. Gabe Landeskog's goal scoring this year. Uh, yeah. Explain it.
1: Yeah, he's had a monster year, hasn't he? Twenty eight goals. Um, people forget he's scored 20 or more goals in nine years now in his career. I think his career is 11 years, 20 or more, nine of 11 years. Guy's been a phenomenal player, really. Numbers wise, I know it hasn't always seemed that way, especially during some of the lean years, but the numbers are there. Um, I guess, you know, I was a little, "Eh, boy, I might have overpaid for him a little bit, Eh, you know, yeah, but he's good in the room. Bad games in the playoffs he's against in the Vegas. Room. I'm like, eh, but now nah, he looks underpaid. Now yeah. he looks looks worth it. Um, I think he's just. Uh, I imagine what it goes on with Gabe. And of course, we haven't been able to even talk to one on one with a player for almost two years now, which is crazy to think about. Um, I think this contract just finally made him breathe and relax and really just like, yeah, I got nothing to worry about. I'm going to really prove to these guys though that I'm worth it. And uh, that's a credit to him. He's just always self-motivated and plays hard. He, he's, he's you know, he's, I always call him like Mr. Perfect, you know, he's a Swedish good-looking dude who speaks four languages or whatever and just, you know, everything goes right with him. And uh, he's uh, he's doing it. He's putting it all together this year. I mean, I would be shocked if he didn't score, you know. I think he's going to get 40 goals. Mm. I mean, imagine that. Yeah. First year of so, his – Credit to him. He's a, good, he's a great player. He's a very unique player in the league. Does, not many people can do what he does at both ends of the ice. So. And he's really morphed into a better captain and leader. You know, he's, he, he got that captain thing way too young. He yeah. would even tell you that. Yep. Uh, but he's, he's turned into the real leader of the Avs, and uh, he gets all the accolades he deserves.
0: Wow, 11 years. I mean, I knew that to be true, but when you say it, yeah. it's like, wow, it's been 11 years with Gabe Landeskog.
1: I remember he was a rookie coming in and he's like god this kid is like 18 years 18. old he's already got the captaincy Yeah
0: and then you, and but then I remember talking to him when he first got here and I'm like you're 18 you're not 18 there's he's no so way well you're 18 focused. you're I've he's never I've English never is. met a more 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 mature sounding 18 year old in my life And
1: it, English wasn't even his first language was right. pure Swedish Right um, he sounds like a Canadian Yeah He sounds like an American or Canadian. He does not sound Swedish but then he'll he'll go into full Swedish on any time a reporter from Sweden is around and it's just like, Wow You know. This guy and I know he speaks some other language too. It might be like German or Italian or something, so yeah, Gabe Landiscog, boy you know,
0: hey, too bad you too bad things didn't work out for you in life. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Boy, you've had so much to overcome. You know? It's like it's like that guy you go to high school with, right? I mean you probably went <laughs> to high school with somebody. We can all we all know that guy we went to high school with where it's just everything came easy. Everything yep. came easy. For me, it was Brent oh. Hammond. Do you remember yours? You probably remember somebody from your high school. Mine was Brent Hammond. Yeah. He, everything g- Kim Ye Kim Yeager when
1: I went yeah. to high school. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Mascoma. Mr. Perfect, yeah. Homecoming King, yeah. Captain of the Basketball yeah. Team. Everything went perfect. Um... Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now, but it's probably something really good. <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Adrian, love chopping it up with you when we get a chance to stretch out and uh, and talk everything with the uh, Avalanche. Good, good stuff. Again, recommend people go to com. Get that subscription uh, as we get ready for the trade deadline. And the playoff run, which we hope is a long one. That'll do it for the Mile High Hockey Podcast this week. Again, thanks to Adrian Dater. Thank you to TNT Home Services for all your heating, plumbing, cooling, and electrical needs. Give them a call, 720-500-1979. And at TNTHomeServicesCO.com, TNT Home Services, we got your six. Until next week, this is the Mile High Hockey Podcast.